Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. Ahead of World Earth Day on the 22nd of April, this week on the Strad website, we're exploring environmental issues that affect string players. Worldwide, we're seeing a lot of creative output as musicians speak up about the rising concerns of climate change, as well as other important issues, as music is being used to drive change beyond the art form. Right now, you're listening to an excerpt called The Vanishing Mahogany of the Amazon, taken from the Arboretum Suite by British composer Oliver Davis, a response to the endangered nature of the Amazon rainforests. Playing solo violin on that track is Karenza Peacock, who spoke to me about what musicians can learn from trees, including how an orchestra of musicians is much like the connective network of roots found in forests. It's a wide analogy that can be applied to so much of our lives as musicians, illustrated by Karenza's recent effort to collate video performances of 94 violinists playing in solidarity with young Ukrainians trapped in bomb shelters. So, what do musicians have in common with trees? Here's Karenza to tell us a little bit more about the topic. Karenza, welcome to the Strad Podcast. So, we're here today to talk a bit about environmental awareness and connection through music. And just to let listeners know, you're featuring on Oliver Davis's new album called Air, for which he's written a concerto piece called The Arboretum. Sweet. And so given the name, it's unsurprising that the piece takes inspiration from trees. And reading the album booklet about how trees share water and nutrients through their root systems. Can you tell me a little bit about how that inspiration took shape in the piece, the parallels between this network of trees and the ecosystem of musicians sure yeah so actually ollie and i had been talking for quite a while about him writing a piece inspired by trees and i can't quite remember how the conversation started but i think we were talking about you know environmental issues and how amazing it is that trees can communicate to each other and i think the starting point for our talking about writing a piece was i was pointing out that we are playing trees so all the music he has written for strings, a violin was once a tree. And it really is amazing that it's, we're making the trees sing. And um, I think people kind of forget that when you're watching an orchestra, that you're seeing a collection of trees that are often a lot older than the instruments. We get carried away with how old a uh, Stradivari instrument is, and we forget that the trees that were making it might have been a lot older than that. So I think we were having an ongoing conversation about this. And I think he just got really inspired to write a piece inspired by the, the trees that are making our instruments. And then I sent him a book that I found in California. I sent it to him in the post for some further inspiration. And it was a really funny book called How to Be More Tree. Um, <laughs> and it uh, took inspiration from each of the trees. And for example, I think it was how the aspen works in community and how other trees show us, you know, they demonstrate how to be strong or how to work together. And so I think that really was the flourish that led him to finish the piece. And he wrote a whole suite of many movements, but we had to choose only four to go on this album, sadly. <laughs> That's really fascinating. It's so true, isn't it? We do think a lot about the age of stringed instruments. 
and we forget that they are actually so much older than when the final instrument was put together. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your instrument. What violin do you play? It's an old Italian violin that I um, I don't own it. I'm loaned it by a collector. And um, everyone seems to agree it was made around 1790 or 1800 in Italy. But no one can agree on what the maker is. And I kind of like that mystery. <laughs> For recording this album, I was loaned a Viom violin, which I really loved. I'm very lucky that every time I have an important project, I'm loaned a really nice violin. And I feel like I've got to know, I've become friends with all these different trees <laughs> yeah. through the times I've been loaned different violins. Yeah, you're literally channeling the tree's voice, I suppose, through through your playing. Tell me a little bit about the parallels that you've found. You, you mentioned earlier about trees being able to communicate in their own way their network their language i suppose and also you know your collaboration process with the musicians well one thing that i really love about oliver's music is the way he has threads of motifs that are passed around the ensemble the orchestra and how we all work with each other so often i'll have a solo with the the leader of the orchestra the concertmaster or with the principal viola player and or there'll be threads of things that are spread throughout the orchestra like an echo effect and it kind of really is showing echoing how we've now learned that in the root systems of trees and they're passing messages along with the mycelium i think it's called that are like these threads under the soil i think it's a really good analogy for how an orchestra works and how we're constantly passing these signals to each other. I think one of the funny things people always say to me when they see an orchestra or any kind of ensemble is that they know we have a conductor, but beyond that, how do we know, how do we communicate with each other? Because we can't speak whilst we're playing our instruments. And I think musicians are always trying to explain. It could be like a raised eyebrow here or your breathing here, taking an in-breath. or But there is something magical and unspoken about it. And it is like almost like with the trees that are communicating under the ground through some hidden, hidden communication. That is so true, isn't it? The fact that it is an unspoken language, but there's something, I don't know, maybe a combination of molecules and energy in the air, but everything just sort of comes together in this one environment, very much like the trees, like as as you were saying. Exactly. I don't know if you ever watched that recent BBC documentary called Green Planet. No, I haven't, no. It's absolutely fascinating. It's one of the more recent David Attenborough um, Oh, I must watch it. Yeah, you should watch it. It's really good. But it's absolutely terrifying because they show all these plants and how they live their life. Obviously, you know, up until now, we haven't been able to see this in great amount of depth. But now with recent camera technology, they're able to time lapse these things. So you can see how actually like vicious plants are when they're like wrangling with each other. Oh, wow. And when they speed things up, they look absolutely terrifying. It's like day of the trip. Oh, my goodness. Terrifying. Well, I think there's lots of important analogies. There was also a documentary Fantastic Fungi, which was fascinating. And you just realise that these plants and whatever we call a fungus, I don't know if we call it a plant, um, they're just so much more intelligent than us in so many ways. And I think there's a lot of analogies with music because there's a lot of invisible stuff that goes on when you play music with people that you can't see and it's all beneath the surface and we can't really articulate how it works, but it does. Going back to Ollie's piece, because he was saying, I think the aspen, he was inspired because it shares like nutrients and things under the soil and 
water and all this like hidden community going on that we can't see and he was saying he was inspired like the the aspens can only grow in strength as a community and i think that's kind of so true for musicians as well we work best in communities yeah we work well in a constructive environment um i mean you know you think of festival environments how nurturing that sort of atmosphere is between musicians and you have perhaps an older generation of musicians helping the new generation and then it just builds into this wider network precisely hope of of strong musicians yes i was gonna say uh because one of the movements the acai palm it's a tree native to brazil and that's why he's written all these and um, brazil and argentina so it's got all these kind of brazilian and argentine tango rhythms in it and has us just plucking there's no bows involved in the whole piece which is fun it's entirely pizzicato that's pretty cool but i was gonna say you know when, when i think of brazil i think naturally of pernambuco wood which bows are mostly made out of but here you are doing a piece which is pizzicato and doesn't require bows at all so, <laughs> but maybe there is a message there you know in terms of deforestation and the true endangerment of these woods yes Hmm. (laughs) i don't know if those are in the program notes but anyway tell me a little bit about what you think of raising awareness of these climate issues through music i actually got very emotional in the movement he's written one called the vanishing mahogany of the amazon i got very emotional when we were recording it you just really feel the sadness and grief that we're losing the lungs of the earth and it's a race against time, which we may have already lost. So I think it's so important because I think musicians and artists, we do have not just a, an important voice, but I think a way that we can actually affect change in the future. So I think it's really important that we draw attention to these issues. And I feel like the only effective activists that have ever been have been artists and musicians and poets and writers they're really the only ones that have ever changed society. We think it's all the politicians, but when you look at history and study history, you realise that's not the case. They're the ones whose names transcend time, you know, the ones that we're still remembering. Exactly. Generations later. And, you know, speaking about change and, you know, the power of music to change matters beyond the art form, using it for connection. So you recently put together this video of 94 violinists playing in solidarity with the young Ukrainian violinist in a shelter. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that process, you know, how it all kicked off for a start. Well, I was just so devastated when I heard that that it was the day that Putin invaded Ukraine. And um, I actually don't quite trust any news sources. (laughs) And I thought, who do I trust? Ah, fellow musicians, fellow violinists. And I sought some out on Instagram and befriended some young Ukrainian violinists. And I was asking them, look, what is the situation there? What is your day-to-day existence? What's going on? Is it true, everything that's being reported? And it seemed to be worse than what was being reported. They said they're already in bomb shelters. They've had to leave their houses. Um, And I was just horrified. Some of the violinists I was talking to were working out how to arm themselves. They were thinking about making, or they were making, Molotov cocktails. Others were saying goodbye to their brothers as they were going to the front lines to fight. But the amazing thing was that even though they were all in bomb shelters that evening, they all had their violins with them because, of course, the most important thing you can 
you can't take very many belongings with you to the bombshell. So the siren goes off and you just have to go. But of course they had their violins. And um, there was one violinist in particular called Ilya Bondarenko. And I'd heard a recording of a string quartet that he'd written that I thought was fantastic. Um, and I asked him if he would consider playing a, a Ukrainian folk tune and sending a video to me and that I might be able to get some friends and colleagues from around the world to accompany him in harmony and some other. And so he did that. And we also asked nine other Ukrainian violinists who were also sheltering. They all played this folk song in unison. And then I texted a few friends. I thought it was going to be a few friends <laughs> uh, from different countries around the world because I just had this vision of us all accompanying them in solidarity and harmony and surrounding them with with the music as protection I just thought it was a really important message and before I knew it I had yeah friends everywhere were dropping what they were doing I had leaders of top orchestras who just dropped everything to make a video and send it to me I had amazing fiddle players just everybody dropped what they did. And I, I promised my poor video guy, I promised it won't be more than 25 people. <laughs> and we ended up with 94 violinists. And I had a deadline of only 48 hours because I wanted to get, because I thought Ukraine was, might lose its internet and I wanted the Ukrainians to see the video. So I said, we have to get this done. If you haven't sent it to me by Friday night or whatever, we can't do it. And we had 94 violinists representing 27 countries. <laughs> Wow. Um, oh no, 29 countries in the end, I think it was, yeah. That's incredible. And we all know what happened next. I mean, it, it went super viral and people were just so moved by this very genuine and authentic gesture to stand up in solidarity with these mm. young Ukrainians. I can't help but think it's the, it's the perfect sort of parallel with what you were describing before with the trees, that network system, that sharing of roots and connection maybe not through roots per se but through the power of social media mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but also just being able to communicate through this common thread yeah well I think they say a picture paints a thousand words and I think music paints a thousand pictures in some ways and I feel like that video is only a minute long but it got across some very important points and I've been so moved by everybody's comments about it and I ended, it's been played on the national news in most of those countries and um, has had millions of views on Facebook and raised a lot of money and yeah. things. But the important thing, I think, is to show, you know, we managed to gather ourselves across national boundaries much quicker than any governments have. <laughs> and violinists really are a fellowship. And I loved that we managed to put together maybe for the first time a collaboration between these amazing classical violinists you know top soloists and concert masters and quartet players but also we had amazing fiddle players from Nashville um, and just really everyone at the top of their game and an amazing Indian violinist from the Indian classical violin style and, and two amazing Scottish fiddlers and I think it's just nice that we all kind of joined hands across 29 countries to put this message across and it reached um, I think it reached the first lady of Ukraine it got shared by 
you know, Hollywood celebrities. And I just think it's such an important message of harmony across boundaries and how it's possible to create harmony across boundaries. Music is definitely not a luxury, a last minute thought. It's like the most essential thing to human life. And it shows, you know, when you're in a bomb shelter, and I've heard people say that from the Second World War, that when they had nothing and they were going off to a bomb shelter, that they, you know, they wanted to have an instrument with them. It was more important than taking family photos or anything else. That's the one thing that connects everyone um, and transcends everything that's going on in the world. Absolutely. Well... It's been really fascinating talking about musical connection and environmental awareness because we make these musical connections, but we also have to do so in the environment within which we live. So yes, it's all connected, isn't it? Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today with me on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for having me. That was Karenza Peacock. Right now, you're listening to the audio of the video featuring 94 violinists playing in response to the Russian invasion, the video for which you can check out on the Strand website. And while you're there, why don't you check out the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students. And if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days. Start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.